Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dreams Unlimited Travel Podcast. My name is John Magi, and I'll be your host. And in this, what we're calling a mini-sode, a mini-episode, we're going to bring you up to speed on what's going on at Galaxy's Edge, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge in Disneyland when it comes to reservations and you know how you can enjoy your time there as a park guest. I'm joined at the table by our panel of Star Wars experts, Client Services Manager for Dreams Unlimited Travel, Kevin Close. Not an expert. <laughs> Agent for Dreams Unlimited Travel, Michaela Porter. Hi. And back in our production facility, we have our producer, Craig Williams. Hello. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you, everyone at home, for joining us, for tuning in. So we don't want to do a whole show on this. We don't think it's worth the time to do it. But we want to let folks know that as of right now, the reservation system at Disneyland is no longer in place. Where you, if you booked a hotel room in any of the Disneyland owned and operated resorts, you got a reservation through their system that allowed you to get into Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. That is no more as of June 24th, mm-hmm. June 24th. So um, we're going to talk a little bit about what you can do now to get into Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and what the new system is. And we're going to also talk a little bit about some reports we're getting about crowds. So, Michaela, tell us about the new system. So first part of the new system is... They're calling it, you get a boarding group. So not a reservation, but when you get into the park, it's similar to MaxPass. Once you're in the park and once your ticket has been scanned, you go into the Disneyland app and you can click on it, uh, the Galaxy's Edge thing, and it'll say join boarding group. Uh, scan everybody's tickets in and then pick everyone in your party that's going. It'll put you into basically a waiting group. While you're waiting, you don't have to go stand somewhere in line. You can enjoy the park, do whatever you want. And then you'll get a notification when your boarding group is being called. And from what I saw yesterday, they're doing like big chunks of boarding groups. So it was like 16 to 32 at one point. And it'll give you like an estimated time that you'll get in. So when you join the boarding group, it'll say like estimated late afternoon. So it doesn't say exactly no, when. It doesn't say but time to return. Then your group gets called, you go into the land, and you can be in there as long as you want. It's not the four hours like it was with reservations. So one of the things, very important, you have to have the Disneyland app. Yes. And they're saying check the Disneyland app because it might be just open. Yeah. You could just Yeah, I noticed last night about 9.30, it was just open. Right. 9.30 California time. Um, the other thing is if you don't have the app, you can go to certain locations around the park, like where the Fast Pass, like the Legacy Fast Pass printing machines are. Right. You can go there and get in the boarding group. There's a whole well. list of those. I don't, yeah. I don't know those at the top. Of my They're head. around. <laughs> right. So you want to go and you want to join a boarding group, and then mm-hmm. you can get into the park at that time. Mm-hmm. There are a couple other options for getting in as well. There's reservations you can make. Yep, so reservations for Oga's Canteen, Cantina, it's Cantina, and uh, Savi's Workshop where you make the lightsabers. Uh, every day at 7 a.m., you can make a same-day reservation for either of those experiences or both if you want. So it's similar to making a dining reservation or a bippity boppity boutique reservation at Disney World. Go on, look for availability, and pick the time you want. Important to know that they are charging cancellation fees for these. Right. So for the Cantina, it's $10 per person for the lightsaber if you don't show up you get charged two hundred dollars per person that's a big one so you definitely want to make sure you show up to your reservation if you get it i was actually surprised about the ogus cantina one because i thought we'll talk a little bit about crowds but i thought if you really were desperate to get in you would blow 10 bucks on a reservation throwing away ten dollars right wouldn't you if you really had to get into star wars land Craig says no. I'm holding on. To oh, if you just wanted to get into the land, oh yeah. Well, yeah. If you have a reservation for either of those, right. um, you don't have to join a boarding group, exactly. and you can go in the land when your reservation time is. Mm-hmm. And what I'm saying is that some people might think 
well, I can't get in. It's very crowded, very crowded. So I'm going to make a dining reservation and just blow that 10 bucks and not worry about it. Oh, I definitely would. Yeah. So I think that's an option <laughs> for some folks. Um, but we have some observations about what crowds are like now. Kevin, you had a... Our friend Peter in California says that the lines aren't very long. He said that no one's waiting more than 30 or 40 minutes to get onto Smuggler's Run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, and the other thing that I'm hearing sorry. is that it's making the rest of the park empty. So, Michaela says, if you know, if they're doing huge blocks of like 16 to 32 boarding groups, it means that they don't have a lot of people at one time going in. Yeah. So it's probably not as busy as we thought it was going to be. And if you're saying even the even at that point, with the boarding groups in being a thirty-five minute wait, that's not bad. Yeah, that's not bad at all. It's almost like spooky how and like seeing pictures yesterday, it didn't look very crowded at all. The highest I saw Smuggler's Run was like one hundred and eighty-five minutes, I think, but that was the middle of the day. And even then, for an attraction that just opened, that Star Wars, that's not bad. That's the big headline. And I saw attraction. it as low as thirty. Like, so kind of creepy. I think to myself, <laughs> has those original those opening day videos scared people away? I don't know. Has Disney overestimated how popular it will be? That perhaps they all have all of the fans gone? Gone already? I think they scared everyone away and now everyone is waiting. So, like, December, it's going to be insane. Hmm. Yeah, but that's true for everything. True. Craig, any insight you want to give into it? Do you have any opinion? I'm sitting here trying to analyze the same way you guys are. I'm I'm not quite sure. I know I, I said leading up to it that. I don't think, at least just based on our audience, for, so for the people that, that we know that, that watch our, our shows and stuff, I know that anytime we talk about Star Wars, they are, they're actually more on like the Kevin and Julie side. They just stop don't talking about it. care. <laughs> yeah, it's stop talking about it. I don't care about it. It's not what I, I, my world revolves around. And I, I think that is a lot of people. And and then for a lot of the Star Wars fans from the videos that we posted from Galaxy's Edge and stuff, I, I can see the comments from the people who are Star Wars fans that have hated Star Wars ever since Disney took over from them. And I think on their side of it, it's why would I ever want to give my money to Disney for what they did to my precious Star Wars? Not like George Lucas wasn't ruining it himself uh, far before Disney took over it. So I think you have this weird camp that's just that is Disney fans who aren't necessarily interested in Star Wars, Star Wars fans who aren't interested in Disney, and then you just have to find this this third group that is people who are Disney fans and Star Wars fans that also then have the money to put towards going to these lands. Because the other thing too, though, is usually with Disney, anything new gets excitement, and anything new mm-hmm. draws a crowd. So Pandora. We can argue Pandora's on the same lines as Star Wars. You know, is there a crossover? Are people not going to like it because it's not Disney? Is it Disney? Is it, you know, so, but that's still got a lot of excitement and a lot of people going there. Is it not enough of a drawer now? I mean, is that Smuggler's Run not the cool ride that they were uh, hoping? No, it is a cool ride. I mean, it's, I... I would say the average per the average fan would probably still put like Flight of Passage in Pandora over Smuggler's Run, but it's still a really fun ride. It's it's an excellent time. Uh, I, I think Pandora actually kind of hurt Star Wars in this way because Pandora was something that no one cared about. No one but no one but Pete Werner cared about about the movie Avatar out there and. 
and then this land opens up that's extremely immersive and just kind of blew everyone away and then you're seeing four hour wait times to get on to to flight of passage and way too long of lines to get on navi river journey and and lines to just get in the land so if that's what if that's what happens for a for a, a land based on a movie that no one cares about, what happens when you take Star Wars, something that that is almost all but guaranteed to make a million or a billion dollars at, at the box office, and that's not even counting merchandise and everything else that goes along with it. So, if I would have been forecasting it, looking ahead, saying with those two to comparisons, I'd say, yeah, I Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is going to be awful. Because look at who showed up for Pandora. But then again, Pandora is also I, – I don't it, – it's also – it's on the East Coast. And I don't want to say that that's more important in one way or another. But, I mean, I, I feel like for everyone who probably lives like in Kansas, Midwest over – they're they're gonna come to Walt Disney World and experience the four parks and everything that goes along with that. Disneyland and, is what they consider a locals yeah. park, and what they yeah, mean definitely. by locals is anybody on the West Coast tends to be the audience for that park. So, is it that the, the Disneyland locals don't want it, don't want to go to it? Is it just too early? You know, we'll have to wait and see. But I think the the takeaway from this is doesn't matter where you're staying. It doesn't have to be a Disneyland hotel. It could be an off-property hotel. It could be a day guest. There's an opportunity for to go to Star Wars I also Galaxy think Edge. there's been a reaction. I, and I, again, I'm going to go back to my friend Peter and what he's been tweeting on Twitter. And <laughs> Really? Uh-huh, that's where you do that. <laughs> and then his reaction was, this is cool, but it's just okay. And I think there's been so much hype yeah. that, you know... You're going to walk in and faint. My problem is I'm caught up in the hype. I haven't seen it yet. I'm so excited to see it. I'm so excited to see every little detail of it. I'm hoping it lives up to my expectations. I, I kind of think a lot of times that's hard. I think one of the things with Pandora is a lot of people thought, well, oh, it's going to be awful. First of all, it's a decade-old movie that kind of fell out of favor. And it, what are they going to do? But and they were impressed by it because Disney Imagineering came in and wowed out people. Of the park. Right. But I also think that there were people who thought, you know, you say the word Star Wars, and there's this sort of Pavlovian response to it, and that maybe there's, you know, maybe it's just that backlash. It's the most. It's the most important thing. It's the most important thing. It's the most important thing. Huh? Yeah. This is it. Uh, it and. Not to interrupt you there, but I I do think going back to the Pandora comparison, it's a good one to continue going with. But Pandora opens up, and like you said, expectations are low. But it has one attraction that people are raving is the best attraction ever created. And then a second one saying, well, it's got cool elements, but and it's still worth doing, but maybe just not for that long of line. Get a fast pass. And that's like right there. That's the hype. And then also people are flocking to the food which ends up becoming easily the best quick service in animal kingdom and some would say in any of the theme parks and i i probably would agree with that as well so it just had all these little surprises you didn't expect flight of passage to be so amazing you didn't expect uh, the food to be so amazing counter that with star wars millennium falcon smugglers run is like a sea ticket attraction 
but wow. it's a good sea ticket attraction. Wow. But I'm surprised that's, to hear you say that because I read your review of it. And I thought you came away saying it's a really good repeat ride. I, it is. So it, it's a cool ride to ride over and over again. The same way I, I it is a cool ride to ride over and over again. And but I'm still not going to sit here and tell you that it's the next. It is the next greatest invention. It's it's a it's a blend of a bunch of other great mm-hmm. Disney rides already into one really nice package that then is also Star Wars. So that's why I love it. But when we're really cutting it down to brass tacks here it's it's like a sea ticket level attraction it's a middle of the road it's not going to be for everyone but some people are going to really love it the food we definitely thought there was awesome uh, dishes to try but then there was also ones that were just kind of meh uh, so not the same as pandora in that way with satuli canteen and then beyond that that's all we have right now until Rise of the Resistance opens up. The rest of the really cool experiences are stuff like like the cantina that is a headache and a half to get in. And then some of the drinks were delicious, but like anything good at Disney, wildly overpriced. The lightsaber experience is the best thing I did in Galaxy's Edge. That was also very much $200 in order to do it. The droid-making experience that, that uh, Michaela's husband got to do, Steve, I, I, I think he had fun with it based on what I took away from it. But that's also a very $100 experience. So when you're walking away saying that the best experiences in this land are ones that you have to dish out money for, that's also hard to then go out and recommend it. That being said, if you have the means, the same way we say about experiences like advent- Adventures by Disney and such, if you have the means, it's live your Star Wars story. It's <laughs> it's really fun. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know why we're seeing lighter than usual crowds. I, don't I know hope it's, it's like working. that in Disney World when we open ours. I hope so, too. It'll be so nice. I, I told Steve when we like first heard about stars, I was like, we're moving out of the state. We are airbnb our house because I don't want to be anywhere near those uh, Star Wars crowds. But if it's going to be like this, I guess we could stay. I think so, too. <laughs> I think so, too. All right. So that's it for this mini-sode. We wanted to make sure we brought you up to speed on what it's like at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, how you get a reservation, how you can get into the park. Um, but what we want to make sure you understand is that you should go. There's still availability at Disneyland. There's still hotel rooms. Definitely. Also, so, this experience that we're describing where it's not busy could change at any moment. Right, right, definitely. Right, right. <laughs> there might be 12-hour waits tomorrow. Right. And we're surprised by it. That's the only reason why we're talking about it, is we're surprised by it. So, great. Thank you guys for helping me with that. Thank you, Michaela. Thank you, everybody at home, for listening and watching. We hope you have a great week, and we hope you have a great vacation.